here to uh, give us more information on the one of the newest Phoenix Suns. Covers the Brooklyn Nets for Newsday. Evan Barnes, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Evan, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. No problem, no problem. Thanks y'all for having me. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to piggyback on on what KD said, a little bit uh, more detail. What are the Phoenix Suns getting in Royce O'Neal from uh, your perspective? Well, they're getting a player that is absolutely going to be a great asset on the perimeter. He can obviously hit three. He is a great defender. He was very dependable. Uh, Last season in Brooklyn, he started most of the year. Then obviously once they got um, Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, um, he slid back to the bench and he stayed there this season. But he was someone who could be reliable to knock down a three, play defense. Obviously, if you need him to play a little bit rugged in the post, he can be called onto the pinch. Um, but he was somebody who um, the Nets really, really valued, as you could tell by some of the reports, what they wanted for him. So um, definitely an asset going to Phoenix. And as Katie said, Katie, Katie knows all too well what Royce can do. So uh, I think it's a great pickup for for Phoenix. I've seen Royce being described in a couple of different places as sort of like the ultimate glue guy. What what did that mean in his time in Brooklyn? I mean, you name it. Like I said, he, he, um, again, you need him to knock down a three, he'll knock down a three. You need him to defend, he'll defend. You need him to play in the post, uh, in the playoff series when you're guarding Joel Embiid to kind of, handle some uh, some size issues, he can do that. Like, whatever you need from Maurice O'Neal, he can do it. I mean, I think about how his last two games, um, he hit 15, uh, 15, 18 points, made nine combined threes, played really well. Um, just whatever you need him to, to be, he will do. And I think that comes from a player with his background, somebody who I believe, you know, wasn't drafted, had to work to create a place for himself in Utah, carved out a place on a team that was, you know, had the best record in the West a couple of years ago. So he just has that do-whatever mentality, and, you know, he's a great teammate. You can tell, by the way, that Jock Vaughn and uh, General Manager Sean Marks talked about him. Like, they had high praise. Mikael Bridges said he's going to really miss him, um, along with Spencer Genuity. So just someone who can come in, do his job, and if you need him off the bench, he can be a great, you know, shooter off the bench. Evan Barnes from uh, Newsday covers the Brooklyn Nets, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. You mentioned kind of where I was going with my next question, and I think it's interesting because there's a lot of uh, fans here in Phoenix that are still pining over Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, two of the most popular players to, to wear the uniform in Phoenix in quite some time. But, you know, with Royce O'Neal gone, and you mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie was traded at the deadline yesterday. Uh, as you see it, what is the direction right now of the Brooklyn Nets? How prominently does Mikel Bridges fit into that? And, and how serious, if at all, were the Nets listening to offers for Bridges at the deadline? Well, I think it's pretty clear they want to build around him. I think if you read the reports that they said, you know, they turned down several offers from teams dangling picks for him and everything, the Nets really value Mikel Bridges highly. They want to build this team around him. They see him as part of their centerpiece of this new era post KD Kyrie Irving. And they really, really like him. You could hear it from how Sean Marks mentioned when he talked about, you know, he wants to see the prime of these guys that he has at his core. And he mentioned Mikhail and Cam Johnson and Nick Claxton um, and Cam Thomas. Um, those are the people that they want to build. Um, at least for now, they want to build this team around. And Mikhail, you can't ask for anybody better. I mean, he's been a leader here. He's been adjusting to a new role. And the Nets really, really like him, and so do people around the league. Because clearly, mm-hmm. these offers that teams are throwing around for him show that hey, they can see him being a a great part of a contending team. 
I think the question is for the Nets, can they find another player of Mikhail's caliber to help partner with him to be a great one-two punch in that starting lineup? Because I think with Cam Johnson, you clearly love what he can do as a as a shooter, as a floor spacer, somebody who can get rebounds and play in a bigger role. But I think the Nets are looking for another player to possibly pair along Mikael Bridges so that way Mikael can you know ease some of that usage rate and be able to show more of that defense, other things he can bring to the table besides having to carry the load every night basically by himself with Cam Thomas, scoring-wise. KD has been really, really good all year long for the Suns. He's been incredible, starting with that his return to Brooklyn in which he just owned that night. What were your thoughts on what that night meant? Because there was so much um, indecision or confusion or or people who just didn't know what that reception was going to sound like. What did that say? What did that mean about KD, in your opinion? I think what it says is that for all the people who talk about how that era was a failure, and it was, let's just be honest, it was a failure, there was a lot, a lot of love for him because I think for, for KD being a very honest person, you could tell that what he had to say about Brooklyn was, was mostly positive. Um, you could tell that, you know, there was a lot of love in the arena. Jock Vaughn singled him out to praise him for what he meant to the franchise and Sean Marks, you know, the GM gave him a hug. I do think that there was a lot of love and respect. And you could tell that by contrasting the fact that KD got a tribute video. Kyrie Irving did not. (laughs) So I think you can read between the lines there, but clearly uh, there's a lot of love and respect for Kevin Durant. Clearly it didn't work out, but you're happy that he's still able to deliver at a high level after his Achilles injury. You're happy that he's able to be a player. You can look at and say, Hey, having Kevin Durant, you're in the championship conversation, or at least going to be talked about in that conversation. Um, and clearly the Nets, it, it just didn't work out. But there's a, there, from my understanding, there's a lot more love for Durant, or at least for how he tried to make it work, for what happened. And um, there's a lot of respect that night. Evan Barnes from Newsday, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. You cover the Nets for Newsday. By virtue, you follow the whole league. I'm curious to get your viewpoint, Evan, on, on what transpired yesterday or even in the days leading up to yesterday, uh, this week, in terms of trades. Is there a team that you think moved the needle more than others in terms of pursuit of a championship? I think, and, and this might be kind of a Captain Obvious for people who watched the recaps yesterday, I think the Knicks really mm-hmm. made some of the better moves, getting Alex Burks, Boyan Modanovich. I, I think the Knicks right now are a team that people are saying could really kind of make a push in the East right now because of looking what's going on. Joel Embiid is seriously going to be hurt with that you know procedure he just had. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks are struggling to defend. The Knicks right now, they position themselves with that much depth, provided they get Randall and Jalen, Julius Randall and Jalen Brunson healthy. I like the moves they made that really signal that, hey, they're trying to make a move and make a push to say, we want to be in the conversation, not just because we're in New York, but we have a team that can be competitive. So I really like what the Knicks did. Uh, I think I was surprised that DeJounte Murray didn't get moved by the Hawks. Yeah. I thought he was the name that a lot of people were waiting to see what would happen. Um, to see what would happen. And, and, you know, the Nets had some interest. But I think that was also the other surprise was that he didn't get moved. But I thought somebody would have got him. And then you're looking at maybe can he be like the surprise piece that a team uses to make a, a, a late season push. So I think those two things really stood out to me a little bit. Yeah. Evan, thanks so much for jumping on with us this morning. We really appreciate, appreciate the it, insight. Man.